This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Amen. We are uh, continuing our our teaching on our series of teaching on the purpose of the family. And I kind of have two parts, two parts. We've started talking about uh, daughters, women, wives, and mothers. So we'll talk about that role of the females, the females in our families, daughters, women, wives, and mothers. And then we're going to conclude uh, between uh, next week, the the latter part of today and and next week, we will conclude um, with just talking about the family unit and what that means and what that consists of. So uh, if you would go with me to our foundational text, which is found in Genesis chapter 1, and we'll read um, Genesis 1 and 27. And the scripture reads, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And this was also taken, this was our foundational text um, when I taught earlier on the image of uh, male, female being the image of God, the family unit being the image of God. So this is the same text that I use, uh, but I think it's relevant because of the aspects. We see that that God created man, humankind, he created humankind, but he created two types of humankind. He created male and he created female. And we spent a little bit last week on talking about that, on on what that means, particularly when it comes to uh, these days, you know, it's it's very prevalent with people identifying. It's become more and more prevalent. People identifying with a particular sex um, or not identifying with a particular sex. And so we ask the question, a very simple, simple question. So where does agender, transgender, all of these gender, bigender, queer, uh, gender queer, where do all of these labels come from? And we said that, and, and, and where does it fit in? And so we did, we found it here, right in this very, very passage of scripture, Genesis 1 and 27. It says that God created man, created he them, male and female. So that's it. All we have is male, and all we have is female. So there's no such thing as I don't identify with one of those two types, because you do. You may not want to, for whatever reason, but you do. And we said that that we can even find that. So not only is it truth, because it's in the Word of God that there's only two types, but we said that not only is it truth, but it's fact. So it's fact and it's truth. It's fact. How do you know that it's fact? Your simple body parts dictate what you are. If you're male or if you're female, your, your body parts, it's a fact that you are a female with certain body parts. It's a fact that you are a male with certain body parts. So not only is it a fact, but it's also truth out of the Word of God. And God created, God created everything. He created the universe. He created man as the apex of his creation. He created man. Both male and female created he them. So the creator has the right to determine what those roles are. He has the right to determine. He's already said it. It's already been, as a matter of fact, it was determined when he set set the two types of genders, he already put the roles in there. He already described it. He already prescribed it. When he said it, he, put, he didn't leave anything to chance. He didn't say, okay, I'm making you a female, I'm making you a male, so you decide what you're going to do with it. No. 
when he made them the genders, he already put the position in place. He already described and prescribed what it is to what it means to be a male, what it means to be a female. He's already done it. So there is no there there is no I said that when we get to the point, the reason why society so the thing is is that people we don't want we don't want to change. We want things to change for us. We don't want to change. We want things to change for us. And every way the wind switches in our thoughts, in our feelings, in our emotions, we want the world to just go with it. We want everybody else to just go with it. But if God allowed that to happen, what type of world would we live in? What type of world would we live in? Well, I have to cater to everything that you feel, every, every emotion, everything you feel, every thought you have, I have to cater to that and vice versa. Everybody doing their own thing. And that is, God, he has not established his universe for us to do our own thing. He established it with an order, with a prescribed order, and with a prescribed, he has done it all. So when we allow ourselves, when we decide that we're going to just go with the feelings that we have, when we decide we're just going to go with the emotions that we have, we're saying that I am higher than the authority of Jesus. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to, describe, I'm going to prescribe my own gender. I'm going to prescribe my own role, no matter what it is that I look like physically or what the truth says. I am just going to go with what I feel. Don't you know that feelings change from day to day? Emotions change from day to day. So one day you may feel like a woman, one day you may feel like a man. And that's what happens. And that's why they and that's why they have all of these different types of genders. Because one day they want to be a woman, one day they want to be a man. That's what it's and they and they say, I don't want to be bound. I don't want to be bound. I don't want to be bound to being either one. So whatever I feel like that day, that's just what I want to do. That's with our emotions. That's with love. That's why, why do you think God spends so much time talking about love? Because that's an emotion. It's an affection. And affections change too from day to day. So when we say, when you hear, when you hear uh, um, um, gays, lesbians, when you, when you hear them talk, they say, it's just, well, I love them because I love them. Well, you, you know what? I love a lot of people too. But you are purely, what you're talking about is not love. What you're talking about is lust. I would prefer to be in the bed with. That's what you're talking about. And that is not love. It's not love. Those are simply emotions. They're feelings. They're physical feelings. They're heart feelings that you're feeling, that you've allowed to attach, to, to, express, to express a desire. And then, and then, and that's, and that's why we're okay with it. That's why we, but, and again, because this is the way I'm feeling, then I need everybody else to accept that. Regardless of the fact of what my body says, regardless of the fact of what the word says, I just want everybody to accept me for what I'm doing. And if you don't accept me for what I'm doing and what I've chosen to do with my life, then you don't love me. Then it's hate. And I agree. I, I agree that we, we, some of us and some people, 
react and respond to that type of lifestyle, they respond to it negatively and they respond to it wrong. And they don't respond out of love. They don't. Uh, but what we need to understand is a righteous indignation should have nothing still to do with your kindness. Your righteous indignation has nothing, should, should not have anything to do with the, way, with the way you treat people. There is a difference. You cannot, your, your parents, our parents are like that. They love us. They don't necessarily like everything that we do. Never. That's why they correct you. That's why they get on your case. Because they love you. And because they know, well, this is the path that you should not be going down. This is not something you should be thinking. This is not something you should be doing. I'm going to correct that. That's an indignation about whatever it is that you're doing. But it has nothing to do with their love for you. Nothing. And it's the same thing with dealing, dealing with everything else in the world. We can, you can love people. You should love people. And you correct them and you don't want to see them living a particular lifestyle because you love them. And that's why we try to correct but, and get and grant it. Sometimes you're not going to be, if they're stuck on what they're doing, you're not going to be, just like our, our grown children. If they're stuck on what they're doing, there's nothing that you can do about it. But they have, and they have to live their life, and they have to answer to God for themselves. That don't still have nothing to do with your love for them. You can still love them. You can still love them. You can still care for them. You can still do all that. You can still spend time with them. You can, and you should, because of the kindness, because of my love, because of that. I'm not throwing you away. I'm not throwing you away. God is not throwing you away. But understand this. Understand this. That although I love you, I, I'm, I'm, I will let you know, I'm going to let you know that I do not agree. Now, if you choose to stay away from me because you know I don't agree and you don't think I love you because I don't agree with you, then that's up to you. That's on you. It's the same thing when we run into people. We have people on our jobs. We have people in our families. We, have, we, we run into people all the time. We run, and I told you, it's more prevalent. Now it's on TV. Every time you look up, I mean, commercial. It could be a bread commercial. It could be a car commercial. And, we, and we're seeing these lifestyles because they want us to accept it. The more I put it out there, the more you accept it. The more, the more you're bombarded with it, the more you accept it. No, I won't. It still has nothing to do with my treatment toward you. But I will never agree with the way you've decided to live your life. But that's, that's the key. You've decided to live your life. That's your choice. And everybody, God has given us all a choice. He's created us with a will. And we can never go against anybody's will. We can teach, we can instruct, we can guide, but you can never, ever understand. You, you know, you know, nobody can ever go, because they, nobody can ever go against your will. They can teach, they can instruct, they can guide, but it's up to you to receive it and apply it and change, make, make whatever necessary changes you need to make. But understand this, that regardless of the decisions that we make, God is still God. Despite the decisions that we make and the choices that we make, truth is still truth. And there is nothing that you're going to do to change that. Nothing that you're going to do to change that. 
So we, what, what do we do with these feelings? We need to apply the word in everything, even in our, just our regular emotions. On Wednesday, we're going to be ch- start talking about fear. We're going to start talking about some other things. But get, understand, every emotion that you have, because God says to set your affections. Set your affections. Every emotion that you have, every feeling that you have, understand that it can, it can be modified. It can be modified. And even when these feelings come, when thoughts come that are contrary to the word of God, you can always combat it if you want to. If you want to. You've got to want to. You've got to want to live your life for Christ. You gotta want to love him more and more each day. You gotta want to do that. You gotta want to make the corrections in your life that you need to make to be where he needs to be. The truth does not change, but you have to make it up in your mind that I am going to do this work. And he, when you decide that you're going to do it, he will give you the grace to get it done. He's going to strengthen you to get it done. Because you are lining up with his word. Listen, his word, and that's what I'm trying to get, and, and this is across the board, even, even what we talk about on Wednesdays, across the board. When you align yourself with his word, even if you make mistakes, even if you make mistakes, when you decide in your mind, I'm lining myself up with this word, he's going to give you the strength to get it done. Because it's his word. And he will not, his word does not return to him void. He puts it out there. This is what it, I want it to be. This is how I want it to flow. This is what I want it to do. And he's going to give you the strength. I know that you're weak. Don't worry about that. You just align yourself with my word and I will help you get it done. I'll help you get it done. So you start to have these feelings about, you know, homosexual feelings. You start to have, and I'm starting to feel, and I think I like girls, and I think I like boys. And, you know, all, these, all you have to do, you have to want to. I'm not, I'm not serving the creature. I'm serving the creator. I'm serving the creator, and all I want to do is align myself with this word. He will give you the grace, but you've got to put the work in. The unseen work, you've got to put the unseen work in to help get it done. And he will help you to align yourself. He will help you. But you got to want to. You can't just give in. can't just give in. And, and, the, reason why, and, the, and the reason why these things come to us, especially when, when it comes to people in, in ministry, the people in, in our local churches, the reason why when they've been taught and they're being taught, the reason why is because they've been bombarded. But that's what Pastor Hill is talking about in the morning. we got to guard our hearts. you got to guard what you see. You got to guard what you hear. And no, we can't, we can't necessarily guard because it's all around us. Because you, everywhere you look, you're going to see it. But you can guard it because you don't have to meditate on it. You don't have to continue to look at it. If you're looking at something and you find, and people, people in your circle, people in your circle, if that's the way that they roll, then that, you got to get away from them. Why? Because I got to guard what I hear and I got to guard what I see. I got to guard those influences in my life. I got to guard my heart from those influences. And that can be done. That's why you surround yourself with the people of God. You surround yourself with like-minded believers because they will help keep you focused. They will help keep you focused. But again, you have to want to do it. You have to want to. So we talked about these roles. We talked about the, the, the woman and the intent. So we said that purpose, and we, we've heard this, this uh, uh, definition before, that purpose, per, being the intent or the intention of something, and then pose, the position. So the intended position, 
the intended position of the females in our families, they are created to be daughters first, who develop into women, who then become wives and then become mothers. And God created it in that, in that, in that established order is what he has designed it to be. Daughters first, women next, wives next, and then mothers. That's, that's his whole purpose. And he does that for a reason. The end goal is the family. That's the end goal. But to back it all the way up, see, again, God is not, he does not leave it for us to figure it out. He says, no, I need you to be a daughter first. Why? Because I need you to be a daughter so that you can be taught certain things. I need you to be taught how to yield to authority. You see that? I need you to be taught how to yield to authority. I need you to be taught how to be a woman. I need you to be taught what your role is as a woman. I need you to be taught that. And just because you're a daughter does not necessarily mean that you know how to be a woman. So in that, I'm going to teach you. In that that stage, I'm going to teach you how to be a woman. What does that mean? How to respect yourself and your body. Why? Because your next role is being a wife. But in order for you to be a wife, I need you to understand what it means to be a woman. I need you to understand your value as a woman. Remember what I said before, that God, and we saw in the scriptures in Genesis, where it says that, that, God, that God made man. He formed him. He says it for, he formed him. That means forming something that's out of nothing. I'm forming it because it's nothing. Right now it's just nothing. He formed the man. But the woman he built. He created the woman. He built her. He took time. And not to take anything away from the men. But women, ladies, let me tell you. Women, he built us special. And those are not my words. It's from the scripture. A virtuous woman. He says what? That her price... It's far from Rubens. He built you valuable. He built, built you special. He put some things in you that he did not put in the man and vice versa. But he put some things in you to help him. Because he knew he was going to need help. You know what? You need to embrace. And forget about and Listen. Okay, so if you don't want to be married, that's fine. If you don't want children, that's fine. You still need to embrace your womanhood because he still put something in you. He put things in you. He put you. You are a, you. Listen, you are a natural incubator. What does that mean? Not a natural incubator. That means that you can take things and you can mold them, you can shape them, you can care for them, you can uh, 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 um, give it nutrition, you can do things, and then you can bring forth life from something that's given to you. You can do that as a woman. Regardless if you are a wife or a mother, you still have that capability. You still have that ability. That means on your jobs. That means in your church. People can give you something. That's why they say, give it to a woman, she'll get it done. That's why they say that. Because if you give it to her, she knows how to nurture it. She knows what to do. She knows how to care for it. She knows what to do. And then when you, once she gives it back to you, it's going to be better than what it was before. You can give her some scraps. 
But when she gives it back to you, it's a work of art. That's just in you. It's in you. It's in you to do. Those are the types of things that you learn being a daughter and a woman. Those are things that you'll learn, that you're taught. And that's why I say, that's why it's important that every role in the family, every role in the family is crucial. Because, it's, and especially for men, but every role in the family is crucial, particularly for the children. Those roles of father and mother, those are crucial for the development of your sons and your daughters. Because then they become men and women. And that's crucial. Your role. Why? That's why I spent some time last week talking about fathers. Your role as a father. And can you teach your daughters to be a woman? Yes, you can. You're married to a woman. The word teaches you what it is, but you're married to a woman. You know what kind of woman you don't want. You know what kind of woman you wasn't looking to marry. You know that. So guess what? You need to duplicate that in your daughter. Yes, your wife is there to help do her part. There's some things you know that, that a man, that a woman just needs to teach. A, a woman needs to teach her daughter. There are certain things, certain aspects. But you know what it is to be a woman. You know how a woman should be treated. So you need to teach your daughter how she should be treated. I think I've heard somebody say, man, being a fast family pastor, somebody said it. But your, her, her first date needs to be you. You need to be her first date. And her second date. And her third date. And her fourth date. You know, when, it's time, when she gets up to 50, then it's time for her to start really dating. But by the time she done had 50 dates with you... She's going to be set. I'm not accepting nothing but what my daddy gave me. I done had 50 days, baby. I'm not, I, listen, I, I'm a pro. I am not a rookie at this. Don't let your daughter go into on her first day and be a rookie. You don't want that. You don't want to put her on a, you don't want to put her on a basketball court if she's a rookie. That's setting her up for failure. It's setting her up for failure. Because that means that any player that comes along, she's going to be ready to play. Any player that comes along, she's going to be ready to play. Tell me, I don't know. Look, I've been on a team with the best. I've been on a team with the NFL, okay? My daddy, NFL, I've been on the team with the NFL. I know what a good player looks like. I know what it is. Don't come in here with these rookie moves. Because I'm not a rookie. But that's because a, a daddy, a father, needs to be in position to be able to teach and instruct his daughter in those ways. That's teaching her how to be a woman. That's teaching her how to be a woman. You keep your legs crossed. Put a dime between your knees. My mama told me that, but you men take this. Put a dime between your knees and don't let it drop. You teach your daughter that. Put a dime between your knees 
and you don't let it drop. That's hard. But that, that, that's the way you walk. You keep it just like that, right and tight. Put a dime between your knees and don't let it drop. You teach your daughter, you know what it is. You know. Some of you played the game. You know. You played the game. So what better, what better teacher for her to have? Listen, he's going to say this. So when he say this, then you say this. He's going to do this. So when he does this, then I want you to do this. He said, but daddy, you know what? He did just what you said he was going to do. He said exactly what you said he was going to say. And I got him. I got him. That's what you want. That's what you want. And then you high five when you bump chest. That's, that's what you want. But we got to teach them. Teaching her how to be. How to stay respectful to you. How to, that you have, the, the scripture tells that we have to keep, we have to have our children under subjection. And, and they, and they talk about that for, they talk about that for bishops and deacons, but that's for any believing man, any Christian man. You need to have your house under rule and your children under subjection. Rule your house well and have your children under subjection. That's taught in the home. You are teaching her. You are her first teacher. Her first teacher. And then your wife is there to help undergird. To help undergird. Now your daddy ain't never been a woman. So these are the things I'm going to teach you because I'm a woman and I can teach you this. But your daddy, your daddy, listen to your daddy because he's teaching you. And not just from the angle of of how to be a woman, but he's teaching you on what to look for in a man. That's extra special. What better way, what better way to counteract the enemy when you know what's coming? When you know what he's sending? If you're not prepared for what he's sending, then you tend to fall for what he's sending. But if you are prepared for it, and that preparation comes from your daddy. That preparation comes from your daddy. Now granted, I, I, I get it. I understand. And we have families. Remember what we're talking about. When we talk about the purpose of the family, we're talking about God's perfect order. What he, what he intended, what he expects. Understanding though, that there are some of us who are coming from broken homes where there is no father, there is no mother, then guess what? You have to make, God, God does not make any provision for anything different. The teaching still has to go forth. Teaching still begins at home. So those of us who don't have fathers in the home, then yes, you have to do something. You're going to have to do what the, what the father is supposed to do. And what, as much as you can do, and you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. It is what it is, but guess what? God will give you the grace. If you, what did I say before? If you decide we're going to align ourselves with this word, regardless if there's a man in the house or not, regardless if there's a woman in the house or not, we're going to align ourselves with this word, and God will give you the grace to get it done. And that grace, when I say he's going to give you the grace to get it done, he's going to give you the grace to get it done with what you can do. But then he puts men in your ministry 
He puts men in your ministry and that's his grace too. I said God provides the grace to get it done. He's going to give you what you need. He's going to get these men in this. He put this through them, God will extend his grace to you to help you get what you need to get done for your family. For those sons and those daughters who may not have a mother or a father. You got women. If you're a man and you got children and you're not married, there are women in this ministry. God puts us, he places us. He places us. And that's why he wants you to be tied to a community of believers. And when you're not, you are missing out on the grace that God is intending for you to have. That's why it's so important. That's why I love my church family. And that's why you hear a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of us say that. I love my church family because there is no other place that you can go. Listen, if I can't count on nobody else, sometimes if I can't even count, sometimes I can't even count on my natural family. Those outside of my home, sometimes I can't even count on them. Sometimes those inside my home, I can't even count on them when I need something the most. And, I am, I, and I'm asking and God knows that I need it. He will supply through my church family. Sometimes even if he's not supplying through my natural family. But God, because God's purpose is much bigger than your situation or your circumstance. And for his purpose... He provides grace for his purpose. But you got to, but you have to decide that I want to be about God. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. If you haven't decided that I'm going to make God my only option and I want to do things God's way, when you decide that, he's going to provide. Guess what? He's obligated himself to. He's obligated himself to. This is not Wednesday night, but attach it. Everything we, I'm teaching, everything that I'm saying, attach it to that. When you decide that you're going to do things God's way, he's obligated. He's obligated himself. I didn't say, I didn't obligate him. He obligated himself to help you. When you've decided that you're going to do things his way, it says, in all of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. That means I am going to everything, all of my ways, everything that I am, am putting in place to do, I'm going to acknowledge God in those things first. And he's obligated himself to show you the way. He's obligated himself to provide what you need. He's done that. He's done that. And if you, if you can't put your trust in a God like that, because he's provided what you need. So then, in Genesis, we're already, yeah. Let's, let's go to, um, let's go to Genesis chapter 2. And let's look at verse 15. What I need you to see, and what I, what I need you to understand in all of this, women, ladies, daughters, women, Mothers, wives, we need to maximize our roles as a woman. You need to maximize your role. Maximize your role as a woman. And in order to do that, you have to yield yourself 
to the word of God. You have to yield yourself. You have to apply yourself to it in order to maximize what God is intending for you to be a woman. If he created you to be, if he created you for that, and that's the role that he's placed you in, listen, if that's what he wants for me, I want to be everything that he wants me to be. I'm every woman. I want to be every woman. If that's what he wants me to be, if that's what he's created me to be, then Lord, show me how to be that. I want to maximize my womanhood. Whatever that means to you, I want to maximize my womanhood. Listen, women, use your powers for good and not for evil. That value that I told you that God has given you, use it for good and not for evil. You can make or break, and that's, this is not my part, so I'm not going to spend much time on it. But you can make or break your home. You can make or break, help make or break your home with how you deal with your womanhood. He didn't give you curves for nothing. Body curves. He didn't give you curves for nothing. A part of it is for childbearing. Those curves you have, that's for childbearing. He made your hips different. Had to be different. Men's pelvis bones are straight. Women's pelvis bones are more turned. That's why you have the hips that flare. You didn't know that, huh? Some of you didn't know that. Because that's for childbearing. But then also, your husband can appreciate the curves, the differences. Use your powers for good and not for evil. It's an appreciation, and that's good. But use it for good and not for evil. Genesis chapter 2. Maximizing, and this is how we maximize. So in verse, in Genesis 2, and let's look at 18. And the scripture says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. So out of the ground we see that he formed the, he formed the beast. He did all of that. He brought them to him, to Adam. He named them. And then in verse 20. 20, it says, And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. Out of all the things that was created, there was not a help meet. Nobody suitable. Nobody fitted. I said that, that women, you are made special. You are made. You have, were made. You were tailored. You were tailored to. You were fit to. You were suited to. And I said before that although you have been, you have the capacity, that God created you with the capacity to be a helpmeet. He says he is going to create a helpmeet. Although you have the capacity to be so, you don't always know, you don't know how to be that helpmeet. It's not automatic that you know how to be a helpmeet. But you have the capacity to be. The capacity is in you to be. But you don't always know how to get that done. So, again, it says it starts in the home. Let's look at verse, uh, let's look at 3, chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree 
of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, serpent, we may eat. And I said that we, that we showed that she was being taught. She didn't say I, she said we. So that means her husband said, listen, this is what the Lord, thus said the Lord God. And this is what we're going to do. So she says, we may eat. This is the instructions that we've received. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, have, uh, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Now, she adds a little bit to that there, lest ye die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day that you eat, your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of that fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband. So we see here that he was always there. He was right there. Now he had given her instruction. He had instructed her before. Had given, given her all these instructions. But then we see in verse 3, in verse 3, I mean in chapter 3, we see then that he's not saying a word. That instruction didn't continue. There was a reason why he didn't continue in that instruction. Now, I don't know why, I don't know why, but I can, I can imagine, again, this woman with all these curves, this woman with all this special thing, this, this, this special value that she's, all of this, and he had decided, he allowed that, he allowed those things. Trying to keep peace, trying to, you know, trying to do all, trying to keep peace in the home, trying to do all of these things. You know, your greatest comfort can come from your wife. For a man, and we'll see that. Is that the scripture tells us that he who finds a wife, and a true wife, finds a good thing. In this, on this planet, your wife can be your greatest comfort. She can be your greatest comfort, and we, and we'll see that. She can be your greatest comfort. So he allowed his comfort in that woman to keep him from continuing, from continuing in applying that word, from continuing in washing her with that word, from continuing. And that's why I said, men, you cannot. Well, I talked about the girls, even with the girls. It doesn't even start with the wife. It start, it, well, it does start with the wife because you have to have the wife first. But, but in that, and listen, the same way you do with your wife, that's the same way you're going to do with your daughters. So if you allow her charm, you allow her, you know, all of those things, the same thing, your daughter, she's going to turn it on to, and she's going to magnify it. Why? Because that's your baby. That's your baby. And so, so we, we cannot, you cannot get caught up. You have to continue teaching. Continue teaching. She can still be your baby. That can still be your wife. And you still lay down the law. This is what does say the Lord. This is what God said, and this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it this way. So you have, you are able, you need to continue. Why? Because I said your role is crucial. It is crucial in her development. It is crucial in her maturity. Her maturing as a daughter, her maturing as a woman, her maturing as a wife. You are able to even teach her how to be a wife. You are able to teach her that. Her mother's going to teach her some things, but you are, it's going to start with you first. It's going to start with you first. And that's why it is so important that we not allow, we not allow society, we not allow the world, we not allow, we not allow even talking about emotions and and feel, we, we can't allow any of those things to interfere with the way we instruct our families. Remember I said you cause problems for yourself when you allow for different rules for your daughter. 
your daughter knows she can get away with some things when your son knows he can't. Or your daughter knows she can get away from with some things. So instead of going to her mama, and she gives her mama an attitude because she already knows. If I ask her, she's going to say no, but I can just ask my daddy. That's an attitude that you don't want to create. Because again, that's teaching her to, to come from up under authority. All of that is teaching her to come from up under authority. So you have to be, you have to be, you have to. You have to do it. We understand, women understand their roles. In order for them to be a good wife, a good woman and a good wife, they have to understand and they have to yield to their roles. And I said that God has given you grace for your role and your position. God has given you grace for your role and your position. So we as women, wives, mothers, wives and mothers, we have given been given the gift, we've been given the role, and God has graced us. He's already put the grace. And as I said, whenever you decide that you're going to do what God, you're going to operate and function in the role and, and what God has has for you and, and uh, the role he has for you, that he has given his, the grace for it. To, he has already obligated himself. If you stand to his word, I'm going to do it his way, that he's given you the grace to get it done. So the washing of the water uh, of the word, that washing by the husband, that is something that we need to help get it done. That, again, that's part of the grace he's given to help us get it done. If he was to continue in chapter, uh, in chapter, uh, verse 6 of chapter 3, if he were to have continued, to continue in that role, then she would not have done what she did. If he would have continued in his role, then she would not have done what she did. Fathers must teach their daughters and their sons the standard of God. They must validate them through the scripture. So we know that Eve, she didn't have a father or a mother. So all of her teaching, even her initial teachings, it had to come through her husband. It had to come through Adam because she did not have the opportunity to have a father and a mother. Fathers must teach their daughters and their sons the standard of God. They must validate them through the scripture. Validate them through the scripture. And they must live the standard before them. You must validate, you must teach your sons and daughters the standard of God. Validate them through the scriptures and then you live the standard before them. That reinforces, that fortifies what you've been teaching. That fortifies the standard. It fortifies the, the, the validity of the scripture. When, when you say that I can, I'm te- not only teaching you, but I am doing it too. That helps to give some validation to the word. A lot of times... Your children, they will know God. They will see God through you first before they can ever really connect with the scriptures themselves. They're going to see it through you first. They have to see it through you first. I'm teaching it, but I'm showing you that this is what, this is what it is. So that's why it's important that we keep and we do exactly what it is that we need to do. Life is more complicated when our daughters become mothers before they become women and wives. Life is more complicated when our sons become fathers before they become husbands, men and husbands. Life is more complicated when, you, we, when, when those things happen. So that's why it's important that we teach. Now, at a certain point, again, when you've got grown children, at a certain point, they do what they do. You've taught, you've instructed, and they do what they do. But it's important that we as those family, that family unit, and that family unit, in the role of father and mother. That's why it's important that we teach, particularly the father first. The woman is there to help undergird what you're doing. 
She's there to live her life according to the scriptures so that it can help validate the word. Yielding to, uh, to authority. Submitting herself and yielding. She's there to help undergird those things. She's help, help, there to help undergird living in the image and the character of God. She's there to help. Remember, because you both have a responsibility, male and female, you both have a responsibility in the home to, to develop and to bring forth the character of God because we're created in his image. So that's why it's important that we do that so that our children can see this is the character and the image of God. Connecting it even before they ever can really understand the scripture. They can see it. They can see it through your life. Every role in their part, everyone doing their part, everyone staying in their designated role and position. I, women, I said you, God put something in this 30 seconds. God put something in you. When God put something in you to help bring something to pass, he didn't mean he didn't give it to you for you to take over. You have to understand the difference. My help is not to take over and do. My help is to take what's given to me. You get it? Take what's given to me. When, 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 your, when your husband has this position, this role, this is the part that you are supposed to do. You take that part in your role, in your position, and you maximize that. And you incubate it, and you give it back to him. Where it's, he giving bricks and you building a house for him. That's how you maximize. It doesn't mean that you take over, but you maximize. And that is teaching your daughter. That's teaching your daughter. This is how we get this done. Your dad is teaching you how to be a woman. Your dad is teaching you what it means to be a wife. Your dad is teaching you. Now let me, let me show you. Let me, give you. let me give you a visual of what that looks like. Let me give you a visual of what that looks like. So not only are you hearing it, but you're seeing it. You're hearing it and you're seeing it. Your role as a woman and a wife and a mother, that's your role. Maximize that. Maximize it. And your family will be the better for it. Your family will be the better for it. You want to, that's a, that's a, that's a help meet. That's one that's fitted and suited. That's a help meet. One that's fitted and suited. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.